Thank you for listening to another inspiring message from the Movement Church. To find out more about the Movement Church, you can check out our website at theocmovement.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at The OC Movement. Good morning. Man, seriously, you guys sound better and better every week. Let's try that again. Good morning. Man, we're so glad that you're with us today at the Movement Church. I don't know about you, but Sunday is absolutely my favorite day of the week. Can I get an amen in the house today? Three of you, awesome. Uh, the rest of you, we're praying for you and your soul. No, I'm kidding. We're, we're so glad that you're here, and, uh, and, and really, we're glad that you made it out of the food coma. Anybody else eat way too much food? Yeah? You ever notice that at Thanksgiving, there's more hype than there is actually eating? You ever notice that? You load up your plate with little bitty like nuggets of food and you eat really less portions than you normally do, but it just fills you and you're bloated and you can't, and you do, what happens is you just eat little plates like that all day and that's why it's a disaster. Anybody else do that? Yeah, okay, good. I'm glad I'm not the only one. Thank you for not judging me. We're glad that you're, you're here. Seriously, this is one of our favorite Sundays and, uh, and really I'll unpack a little bit of, the, of that for you here in a moment, but... Um, before we go into what I want to share with you today, I just want to tell you a couple things, really important. Um, we talk about this group of people on the reg because they are unbelievable. There is an army of men and women who make the church happen, uh, this church in particular. Um, it, it, we would not exist. We would not have been able to reach uh, over 500 people with the gospel message of Jesus Christ if it wasn't for uh, this group of people, and that is our dream team. Can we give it up for our dream team right now? Is that good? Yeah, we love it. Thanks for clapping for those guys. They are the men and women who show up early. Some of them showed up today at 545 to set this place up and make it look beautiful and spectacular, but we want to honor you. So if you're here today and you're on the dream team, we want to honor you. And We have a Christmas party celebration. Uh, we've been talking about it for weeks now, and it literally is better than the birth of your firstborn child. It is that amazing, uh, and it is only for dream teamers. So if you're not on the dream team, you literally have one more week to change that so you can come to the party. We'll retroactive your, your commitment level, and then we'll just sit you up there, and we'll judge you accordingly at the party. No, I'm kidding. So listen, if you are in the dream team and you have not RSVP'd, please do so. You can text the number that's on the screen behind me. Uh, I think it's there. It may not be there. Just make up a number and tech. No, it's there. But text RSVP to that uh, or Dream Team, and, uh, and then it, they'll send you the information. But we need to know you're coming. We want to make sure you have food. We are catering uh, this entire event. Uh, I've heard there's a possibility we'll have a dance floor there, which uh, is going to be exciting. Uh, Sean Langford is going to do the worm. We're super stoked about that. And uh, you don't want to miss it. But RSVP so we can make sure you have food. And if you're not on the Dream Team, man, jump on the Dream Team because you are missing out. You are missing out completely. And the next thing is this, man. We're super stoked about what's going on at Christmas uh, at the Movement Church. We're calling it Home for Christmas. And we'll give you some more information about that a little later. But we have something happening every Sunday after service just for you. In fact, we want to encourage you to make the Movement Church home for Christmas. Let's start new traditions this year. And, and we're starting this off hot next week. 
uh, we are doing Ugly Christmas Sweater Sunday. So some of you uh, actually naturally have ugly Christmas sweaters. Um, so congratulations, this is your day. Some of you may have to go out and go thrift shop shopping for them. But bring your ugly Christmas sweater next week. Wear it, flaunt it. Um, we may give away a prize uh, for it, maybe thousands of dollars to the winner of the ugliest Christmas sweater. Uh, but it's going to be exciting. There's things like that happening every week, and you don't want to miss any of that. We'll tell you a little bit more about that later in the service. But hey, look at me for a moment. Make the Movement Church home for Christmas. Make it your home. Let's start some new traditions. And, and, and not only that, but don't come alone. There's too many people who live in our county, that live in your neighborhood, that go to work with you, that go to school with your kids, that need to know the hope of who Jesus is. And for whatever reason, well, we know why, because the reason for the season is Jesus. But for some reason, people who are not usually, usually church attenders, they'll come to church in the Christmas season. So invite some friends. Let's have some fun. But in the process, let's make a difference. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's pray. I want to share a couple of things with you. And, and I, I've got a shorter sermon today, 20 minutes and 47 seconds, actually. So it's going to be super exciting. But let, bow your heads, close your eyes, and, and we'll pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for all that you've done, all that you're doing. God, we're expectant uh, for you to move in our lives today. So we just open up our hearts as a canvas for you to paint. Paint a picture vividly and with, with ex exquisite detail, the direction you want to take our lives and what you want to do with us specifically so that we really can bring glory and honor to your name. We thank you for what you're doing in Jesus' mighty and precious name we pray. And everybody said, amen. amen and amen. Would you guys give it up for our worship team? Aren't we blessed to have an amazing team of men and women who literally every week give to make this experience awesome where we can experience who God is. Amen? Well, listen, if you're visiting with us for the very first time, and I'm super stoked that you're here, and you actually came on the best Sunday you can come on, because you get to kind of check out under the hood of who the Movement Church is and why we exist. And, and really, this is, this is an abate and switch. If you're a, a family member, you call the Movement Church home. We've been talking about this Sunday for literally six weeks now, because we're excited about this. And I'll tell you why. Because in the very beginning of the process where God birthed the idea of starting a church in the heart of Megan and I, it really was kind of a, like a dream for us. We started dreaming about what could church look like. Not just a country club for Christians, for people who want to check in and check out, punch in on the, the Christian clock and kind of do our penance and say our prayers and chuck up, a, chuck up a Hail Mary and feel better about our lives. But what if we could actually be a collaboration of people who are committed to living our life on purpose, pursuing what God has done in and through our lives so that we can actually make a tangible difference in the world that we live in. This is a dream. We just started talking about what could it possibly look like? What, what would happen if these people would passionately come together and just say, let's do something for the cause of who Jesus Christ is? And, and really, as we started praying about and dreaming about this, God kind of dropped this verse that is kind of the verse for our, our, our church. And it's found in Isaiah chapter 61. And it's a long passage of scripture, only three verses, but it really paints a, a vivid picture of what we feel God has called the movement church to do. Listen to, to what the scripture says. Isaiah 61, verses 1 through 3. It says this. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Because the Lord has appointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. 
to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound. Listen to that passage. How powerful is that? That's what God has called you and me to do. Hey, listen, Christ follower, if you're here today and you say, man, I've given my life to Christ, that's what God has called us to do. Can you back up a couple to the very beginning of this verse? Listen to this passage again. It says this, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me. Not just me, but you too. He's anointed me, listen, to bring the good news to the poor. That's huge. And we're not just talking about the poor and the destitute. We're also talking about the poor in spirit. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. In other words, to pick the pieces up of those that have had a broken heart from whatever experience life has thrown at them. To to kind of pull the pieces back together and, and to help people who feel broken and helpless to feel whole again. That's the call that God has on your life and on mine. To proclaim liberty to the captives. And you don't even realize how many people are walking around this beautiful county on a daily basis, experiencing the greatest season and the greatest area you could possibly live in. Jesus lives in Orange County. I mean, come on, people. We live in the greatest region in the history of the earth. I don't care where you are from. This place is bad mama jamma. And yet there are people walking around in bondage. Like captives. You know what that looks like? That looks like not realizing what my purpose is. Not realizing that there's hope. And God's called us to proclaim liberty to the captives. And the opening of the prison to those who are bound. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. To say, hey, God's got hope for you. And the day of vengeance of our God. Listen to this. To comfort all who mourn. To grant those who mourn in Zion to give them a beautiful headdress instead of ashes. The oil of gladness instead of mourning. The garment of praise instead of a faint spirit. What does that mean? Just to say, hey, listen, this is the goodness of God. Let's replace that with the challenges that you see and experience in this world. The pain and the hurt that you feel. Let me replace that with the joy and the hope and the peace that God has to offer. I love this part. That they may be called oaks of righteousness. The planting of the Lord. What does that mean? That we're not just giving hope for the sake of hope. But we're saying, no, you can actually have a firm foundation. You can actually experience peace in the midst of the greatest storm. That you can find a foundation in Christ which will never waver. It is not based upon the economic status of our nation. It is not based upon the frailty of human nature. It's based upon the foundation of who Jesus Christ is. This is the verse that God painted for Megan and I as we prayed about what church could look like in Orange County. As we begin to study and research, and we talk about this so often, but that's what today is about. We begin to understand that there are 3.2 million people who call Orange County home, but only 10% attend church. That means that 2.7 million people need some hope. They need some hope. And you and I are the message bearers. That's what we're called to do. That's why God called us to plant a church here. That's why you're here to be a part of this. Not just so you can sit and feel good about life and then go through the rest of the week, but so that we can actually give and commit our lives to something. And so we just set out with this grand adventure to say, hey God, what if in the first 10 years, 
we could reach 1% of the unchurched population of this region. 27,000 people who would just simply say yes to Jesus. And in three years, we've seen almost or a little over 500 people say yes to Jesus. And guys, I think that's worth a hand clap, don't you? Come on. That's giving hope. That's saying, hey, listen, let's start planting some roots in a firm foundation. This is who God has called us to be. And today is what we call our Give Hope Sunday. This is our second annual where we make a commitment to not just be consumers, to not just be spectators, but to be a part of what God wants to do to bring hope. You see, 27,000 seems so far and so distant when you think about the masses, but if we focus in on the individual, the one that we can give hope to, the one that's right here, right now, the neighbor, right here, right now, the coworker, the person in line in front of us at the grocery store. Just a few weeks ago, Laura Gordy shared about her opportunity at the grocery store where she saw a man buying 14 frozen microwave dinners. I don't know if you're here for that. And she instantly realized, because she's so smart, I was like, man, he just really must love microwave dinners. But she realized, no, that's one for every day, a lunch and a dinner. He's doing that because somebody used to make him a meal and they're no longer in his life. And I was like, why is she so brilliant? That's amazing. I didn't see that. So she bought him his groceries just to say, hey, I want to give some hope. And the man followed her to his car, very old, and it wasn't creepy. (laughs) Scott wasn't there, so we were praying for her. And he followed her to the car and said, hey, I want to say thank you. My wife died six years ago, and this season is always the hardest for me. And you brought hope to my life. That's one of the 27,000. Hey, look at me. That's what we're called to do. To give hope. To give hope. You don't have to be a biblical theologian. You don't have to have a doctrine in divinity. You don't have to even have known or followed Christ for more than an hour or a moment. To just say, wait a minute. I want to replace the sadness and the challenges of your life with the hope and the joy of who Jesus is. That's what we're called to do. To give hope. So when we say this Sunday is our most favorite Sunday of the year, because it's true. This is a Sunday where we aren't focused inward, but we're focused outward. And man, listen, this is kind of off script. I didn't even want to piece together long facets of sermon notes with points and application. Because my hope was that in this morning, in this moment, with the next 11 minutes, that you and I would realize the very essence of what God has for you and for me. And that is that He can do something in us so that He can do something through us. We just finished and concluded a series called Shouts, where we recognized and figured out how God was speaking to us in the midst of our pain, but not just so that we could have some great realization and just some head knowledge, some understanding or knowledge of what God is doing, but that that head knowledge would connect to this heart knowledge and realize, wait a minute, yes, life can be challenging and frustrating, but it's okay because I can still give hope. I can still give hope. And that is our call. That is the mandate. Why? Because the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. He has anointed us to bring the good news. To set the captives free. To bind up the brokenhearted. And that's what this Sunday is about. We just spent an entire week planning and prepping. A menu for a day where we gorge ourselves on food. Only to 
get ramped up to go out at midnight or 4 a.m. in the morning for Black Friday shopping because we need another television and a sound bar and Beats by Dre. Yeah, somebody got some Beats. You need to hook this brother up. And that's why we take this Sunday, the first Sunday of the Christmas season, to say we're going to commit this time to giving hope. What does giving hope do? Giving hope shifts the focus of the recipient. Every time. Every time. Giving hope shifts the focus of the recipient. No matter what you're walking through, no matter what you're going through, no matter the season of your life, no matter the challenges that you face, giving hope shifts the focus of the recipient. It's like a pause. It's like an ambulance on the scene of a car accident. Yes, yesterday, Scott and Laura were at home doing some preparations around the house. And, and, and Laura yelled out to Scott, hey, get over here. Something's wrong with baby Dean, who's a little over one years old. He had a febrile seizure. His spike and his fever, they're not even sure all the details. And he started seizing up in, in Laura's hands. And come on, somebody, that will put the fear of God. And then Scott rushed over right as he stopped breathing. That'll make you think for a moment. Gurley's on the phone. Laura's on the phone calling the ambulance. Ambulance rushes there. And you, you know that when the paramedics show up in that environment, you, you breathe in some hope. Did the scenario change? No, but somebody's here to offer another solution. To say, hey, wait, I may have an answer for you. Giving hope always shifts the perspective of the recipient. You know, I was just recently on the other end of receiving hope. Got eight minutes and nine seconds to tell you a few more things. I went to a church service with a friend of mine in, in Moreno Valley just to celebrate a 10 year anniversary for him. It was after a very long week and a very long Sunday, and I was exhausted. I didn't want to go, but I love this guy, and I just I wanted to give him some hope. Say, hey, I want to sell. Nothing says I love you as a pastor like going to your church, just so you know that. When you're here, it lets me know you love us, right? You don't have to be here, so thank you for loving us. And we love you back, okay? So I'm like, I'm going to go to his church service. What well, was an old school, charismatic, three hour long, come on somebody, church service. Like they had church, okay? You know what I mean? Some of you don't even know, you're like three hours? Oh my goodness, are you kidding me? Yes, worship was 55 minutes. Come on, can I get an amen somebody? Can somebody say glory? Somebody say glory, amen. And it was awesome, okay? It was three hours of awesomeness. About five minutes into this three-hour-long church service, they say, turn around and shake your hands. Every, in, every introvert's favorite time of every service, right? I love it. I'm an extrovert. So this guy turns around and says, hi, I'm Tom. I say, hi, Tom, I'm Kerry. He said, Kerry, where are you from? I said, Orange County. My wife and I planted a church there three years ago. He said, whoa, my wife and I planted a church in Orange County ten years ago. I said, Tom, you are my hero. Can I talk to you after the service? I didn't know it was going to be three hours, but I, can I talk to you after the service? He said, absolutely. I want to know how you stayed in it. What was going on? Never met the guy before. Went back after service to the, the area where the pastors were. Shook his hand. Hugged his neck. He told me a story. I was like, man, you're my champion. You're my hero. Can I get an email? I want to say, I want to find out how you stayed in the game. He said, here's my card. We parted ways. I drove home. Five hours of an amazing service. I was exhausted. Got home. And I'm just going to be honest. I was in the middle of a pity party for the next two days. Just discouraged. The details of why I was discouraged aren't, aren't relevant. Anybody just ever been discouraged? You know, mostly because my experience wasn't matching my expectation. Anybody ever been there? Pastor Megan talked about that a couple weeks ago. And I was just, just discouraged, just kind of frustrated. 
feeling lackluster when it came to hope. Two days, three days pass after this church service, I get a phone call. Don't recognize the number, so of course I didn't answer it. Right? Come on. Goes to voicemail, get a text. Hey, it's Tom. Give me a call. Tom. Oh, yeah. Hey, Tom, what's going on? Hey, Carrie, what's going on, man? Not much. What's going on with you? And we just kind of, you know, went back and forth for a few minutes. He goes, listen, uh, on Sunday in the church service we were at during the worship, the Lord told me to give you my car. And I, I just laughed because I didn't know what to do. I'm thinking, is this a Pinto or a Pacer? Because that would be awesome. I'll take it. He said, I got to run an errand to Newport. He lives up in Yorba Linda. I got to run an errand to Newport. Uh, I'll bring it by when I come over. What I didn't know is that he, he didn't have a, another car. He was giving me his only car. And he stopped to buy a car. He hadn't had a car payment in 13 minutes. I mean, 13 years. Sorry, they're sending me time signals over here. and They're messing me up. Listen, they're flashing the screen at me. They're telling me I have five minutes. Get, get on with the show. Hadn't had a car payment in 13 years. Listen, the dude pulled up in a fully loaded Lexus SUV. Yeah, can, can, can you just know that it shifted my perspective for a little while? Both of our cars are paid for, and, and one of them's like on its last leg about to die. He didn't know that. Three days before that church service, I said, God, this car is about, I'm driving a 1999 Ford Explorer, 174,000 miles. It's like, <laughs> I said, God, I don't know what to do if this thing dies. We can't afford another car right now. My little girl Avery rode in a friend's car a few months earlier that had a third row. She came home and said, Mom, we need a car at the third row. Mom said, you better stink and pray. <laughs> she did. When we found out it had a third row, we told her, Avery has a third row. Avery went in the bathroom, closed the door and said, God, thank you for answering our prayer. Right? And it may seem silly and superfluous. But let me just tell you right now, it shifted my focus mind. But man, I, I have the word of God in my life. And I'm driving initiatives to give hope. Imagine people who don't know the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Giving hope shifts the focus of the recipient. Giving hope shifts the focus of the giver. Every time. Every time. Giving hope shifts the focus of the giver. Every time. It reminds me that no matter how bad my struggle is, there's always somebody else that I can help. No matter how rough the road is that I'm walking through, the challenges that I'm facing, I can always give hope. No matter how great it is, I cannot take my life or this season for granted. I cannot just merely go through life and, and just be okay with what I've got and okay with where I'm at. When I give hope, it reminds me that I have the potential to bring change. That no matter how bad life gets, I can always help others. No matter how good my life is, I can never take things for granted. I love this passage. Proverbs eleven twenty four says, The world of the generous gets larger and larger. And the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. Guys, I, I know this may feel a little more awkward than usual, but I didn't want to just go into the motions. We changed the order of service, which, holy cow, if that threw you off, we, we're praying for you. <laughs> but we don't want to just pass through this moment. One of the very essence of, of who we decided to be as a church in the beginning was to be authentically purposed around what God wanted to do in our lives. And if we lose sight of giving hope, 
regardless of a hashtag challenge or a social media push, then we're losing sight of the reason that we're here. Giving hope shifts the perspective of the recipient. It shifts the perspective of the giver. But most importantly, giving hope gives life. It gives life. That's what this season is about. This season is about Jesus. Not about the Christmas spirit. Not about movies that make us feel good. Not about songs that we like to sing. It's about the fact that God gave the greatest gift of hope. And we celebrate that at Christmas. One of the greatest passages of scripture that everyone has memorized, John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he what? He gave his only son. That's hope. That whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Listen to the message translation of this. John 3, 16. I love this passage. Can you all put that up? This is how much God loved the world. He gave his son, his one and only son. And this is why. So that no one need be destroyed. What if we replace that word with no one need be hopeless? No one need be hopeless. By believing in him, anyone can have a whole and lasting life. God didn't go to all the trouble of sending his son merely to point an accusing finger, telling the world how bad it was. He came to help and to put the world right again. Anyone who trusts in him is acquitted. What a powerful verse. What a powerful verse. The reason that we exist, the reason we're here is to give life to people, but here's the, the hope and the heart behind who we are. We exist to inspire the one who's far from God to find life in Christ and life in church. The greatest gift that we experience, which is Jesus, is a free gift for you and for me. Some of you may have walked in this room today saying, man, you know what, I'm, I'm not used to church. In fact, more than anything, I feel separated. I feel a gap between me and God, I try to pray or I try to be good and I just can never seem to close that gap. And you know what? The Bible actually talks about that gap. It calls it a sin gap. And the Bible says that everybody in the world has sin in our life and it does separate us from what God wants to do in us and through us. But he sent his son Jesus to close that gap, to pay the price, to pay the ransom for our sin. You see, sin has a consequence to it. And we get that because if you speed past a police officer in your car, you're going to get a speeding ticket, a consequence for that action. But Jesus paid the ransom for your sin and mine by dying on the cross for all mankind. And if you're here today and you say, I mean, I've experienced that gap. I feel that separation. Then I want to just tell you, you can change all of that by beginning a relationship with him. It doesn't cost anything. It's free of charge. You don't have to get good enough. You don't have to erase your past. You don't have to attend church enough. You just simply have to say, Jesus, I give you my life. If you're here today and you've never made that declaration, in a moment I'm going to pray a prayer and I want to challenge you to pray it with me. Don't leave here today without starting a relationship with Jesus. He wants to give you hope today. And maybe some of you are here today and you've been running from God and today's the day to come running back. In a moment, I'm going to pray a prayer. I want to challenge you to pray it with me. Would you bow your heads? 
and close your eyes. Nobody looking, nobody moving around. If you're here today and you say, man, I just want to make that declaration just in your own heart, just repeat this prayer after me to say, dear God, I know that you're real. I know that you love me, that you've given me purpose. But God, I've got sin in my life. Would you forgive me? Thank you for sending Jesus to pay the ransom for my sin. If you're here today and you need to make this declaration, just repeat this phrase after me in your own heart. Just say, Jesus, I give you my life. In Jesus' name I pray. If you prayed that prayer with us today, we are so excited to be a part of this journey with you. Would you email us at info at theocmovement.com? And if you're not in the area, we would love to help you find another life-giving church near you. Send us an email at info at theocmovement.com, and we'll get back to you shortly. Thank you again for listening to another inspiring message from The Movement Church.